This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green, and we are in the Ingles studio. And this hour of the program is always brought to you by our good friends at Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. So, um, yeah, uh, a thing happened last night. Actually, two things uh, happened last night. Yeah, and the fact that people keep putting them in the same sentence is getting me really annoyed. (laughs) We're talking about the fan incidents at two of the playoff games last night. Uh, Yeah, and and if if you're curious how Jeremy feels about this, to talk about somebody throwing a bag of popcorn at you Mm -hmm. and somebody spitting at you, the discrepancy in that is somebody dinging my car with a shopping cart or cutting my car in half with a miter saw. <laughs> that's the that, that's how really? different those two things. Really? If you spit on me, we are going to have an aggressive problem. I mean, it is the ultimate disrespect. The we ultimate, will have an aggressive yes, problem. Yes, the ultimate disrespect is spitting on someone. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation with my nine-year-olds or excuse me, ten year olds now about spinning on people. We don't do that. It's the ultimate sign of disrespect. And last night at Madison Square Garden, a fan of the New York Knicks spit on Trey Young. But the one getting the most attention is, is the loudest one. Is <laughs> Russell Westbrook is the like, well, you're right. He got dumped, he got popcorn dumped on him. Mm-hmm. Trey Young got spit on. I haven't heard Trey word Trey Young say one word. Russell Westbrook acted like it was the end of the world. Yeah, was it but, stupid? Absolutely. Of course it was. Should was he it? have been ejected? Absolutely. Totally. Mm-hmm. But can we stop with the protecting the players <laughs> from falling popcorn, please? I mean, I'll I'll admit he. He he was well within his rights to be mad about it. Yeah, but the trying to he, go through seven security guards, stop it. You were too hurt to continue playing, but now you're going to go Chuck Norris through seven security guards? No, he just he just wanted the confrontation. Hashtag he wanted to be guy. able to look that person in the eye and say, no. And no, yeah. bad dog. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a, a, a hashtag fake tough guy. That's uh, that, that's my hashtag well, for the day. I mean, you know, you, you you have to put that out there. You have to let people know that you're not going to be completely walked all over. You know, you can't do anything about it. That's the thing with the you know the NBA players want to act like yeah, you did that out on the street. We'd see how that happened. That was actually a quote from, from Russell, Russell Westbrook, Westbrook last yeah, we, night. I talked about that in the sportsocracy this morning. Right, but but come on. We know exactly what would happen. Your boys would beat him up if we were on the street, and you wouldn't have anything to do with it, because guess what? They'd be doing the same thing those security guards did to you in the tunnel. They would keep you out of trouble. We are doing you a favor here. And and I, I, think, that's, I think those are the, uh, the, uh, the unsung heroes of the night, were the security guards that were keeping Russell Westbrook from going back out and confronting the fan. Because once he gets out there, he's going to start jawing. He's probably going to say some things that he shouldn't say, and then he would be the one getting in trouble for that. See, this is why I could never be a security guard. 
Because he would have elbowed me. Because he elbowed one of the security guys pretty hard. Yeah. You'd have done that to me once, and I'd have let him go. What are you going to do? <laughs> go let's, ahead. Let's, see, let's see, tough guy. What, yeah. what you got? Yeah. What are you going to do? And then it, it well, just, for me, it's been a, just a whole ball of wax. Well, it's a bad, it, it, it is a bad situation. It's I don't a, disagree with it's that. It's a bad situation when you have a fan who feels it necessary to throw things at a player for one. I mean, that's a disgusting act. In my opinion, I don't care that it was popcorn. I don't care that it's, you know, it's a non-lethal item. It's not dangerous. It's not like he's going to catch a popcorn kernel in the eye and not be able to play in game three. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. It's the act of throwing things at players is never a good idea. It's, it doesn't look good on the fan base. I think Philly handed it, uh, the Wells Fargo Center handled it appropriately. They identified the guy. First they kicked him out. Then they identified him. Then they've taken his season tickets away. He's been banned indefinitely from the arena. All of those things need to happen. I'm not saying, I'm not saying he put Russ in danger. No, he didn't. But now see, I have one, gr- the, but the security guards kept Russ from escalating. You don't ever want to escalate when you already have I don't a ticked off fan in the crowd. I don't disagree. Mm-hmm. See, I have one great advantage over you in this argument because mm-hmm. I've already had this argument one time today. Oh. Uh, <laughs> live in the sportsocracy, 9 a.m. Right. It was Weekday my morning mornings. off. Uh, yeah. Thursdays are the let's get weird Thursdays. So it's Tommy, our social media guy, Brian, our sales guy, and myself. Yeah. If you've heard any show I've ever hosted, you can just assume that it becomes a little meandering sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got into this, and we didn't even really know the full scope of the Trey Young thing. Now I do. And now I can better explain what I was trying to say this morning. Because I went in on what Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. because he made this the thing. Mm-hmm. Did Trey Young? No. Have you heard a word from Trey Young? No. You know why? There's two reasons. Okay. And I respect them both. And my, my, affinity for Trey Young has septupled today. <laughs> I don't even know what number that is, but that's how many times it's gone up. Because it was, the response to what to what MSG did, mm-hmm. who'd it come from? His agent. Mm-hmm. Not him. Mm-hmm. This is not about me. This is not me. This is team time, playoff time. And he also knows. I made myself the bad guy. I knew something like that could happen because I was enjoying playing the villain. I'm not saying it's right. Under any circumstances, am I saying that this is what fans should do? No. People haven't been in buildings for 15 months. And let's be really honest. The, the old Colin Cowherd line, 5% of fans are why the other 95% pay so much, so much for tickets because you have to spend a ton on security. Mm-hmm. Because there's about 5% of people that, let's face it, are just not real bright. Mm-hmm. We've got two sets, two different entities in two different games that fall into that. This is the reason you pay so much for tickets because they have to have 9,000 security guards to keep the dum-dums from doing dum-dum things. Mm-hmm. Now, let me draw a little parable here. Trey Young's team loses last night. Close game, 1-1 series. He has no interest in making this story about him. Right. It was caught on film. That's the reason this became such a deal. MSG handled it. The agent took care of it. I respect Every bit of that. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I could have understood if Trey Young lost his mind. I don't even really know if he knew. He didn't act like it. He didn't act like he knew. But if right. he did, let's just for argument's sake say he did. Didn't even phase it. Just kept going. Mm-hmm. Keep keep doing the job that I am here to do. Mm-hmm. 
And now let's let's go to let's go to Philly. <laughs> and you got Russell who oh I'm so hurt. I'm dead now. I can't live. Well, I can't live anymore. I have to go to the locker room. <laughs> We're getting beat by four hundred and seventeen. <laughs> I have to go to the locker room. Of which the injury? I, I don't know. Not completely, a doctor. Completely unbiased take, by no, the way. No, this is not there's nothing unbiased about this. Let me finish it and you and then I'll tell me how you disagree oh, with oh, me. Oh we know. So Russ is too hurt to play. I have to go to the locker room. Until somebody throws popcorn on him. Mm -hmm. And then he goes full Chuck Norris. Mm -hmm. That ankle seemed to be bothering him, did it? No. Was he hobbled at all? No. No. Why? You think he was faking the injury? No, I don't think it was as bad. I still don't think it was as bad. I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving you a medical opinion. I'm saying I played a lot of team sports, coached a lot of team sports. And when I see a guy limp off to the locker room with the help of four people, and then, I don't know, they turn around trying to fight somebody, it makes me ask questions. Right. And then in the press conference after the game, Russ doesn't want to talk about the game. Doesn't want to talk about Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want to talk about his team and how they picked up for the fact he was absolutely a disaster last night. He doesn't want to talk about any of that. He wants to talk about somebody throwing popcorn on him. Mm-hmm. And now a Wizards team that overachieved to get to this point, the narrative of their trip to the playoffs is going to be, oh, yeah, you remember when somebody threw popcorn on Russell Westbrook? Do you think the narrative of the Hawks trip to the playoffs, whether they win this series or not, will be, hey, you remember somebody spitting on Trey Young? No. No. And that's the difference. That is the difference. Mm-hmm. This is the most tangible difference I have. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's somebody listening to the sound of my voice right now going, that big red-bearded moron is at it again. <laughs> well, tough. Here's I the mean, thing. This is a team sport. At yeah. the end of the day, when you do everything in your power for 15 or 10 years, however long Russell Westbrook's been in the NBA, I could do the math. It's 13 years, I think. You everything in your power is me 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 me. Mm-hmm. You're the and this is what drives me crazy when you say he averages a triple double a game. Yep. This is the living embodiment of why Russell Westbrook drives me crazy. And then it's been the narrative all day. Mm-hmm. This is all we've talked about. Well, what are we gonna do? You're gonna do nothing. Nothing. You're, you're gonna not do nothing. You're, you're gonna continue to use the safeguards that you have, the security that you have. Mm-hmm. Are they going to pay a little more attention? Sure. I got news for you. If somebody wants to dump, dump pump popcorn on people. They're going to do it the way stadiums are currently laid out because mm-hmm. there's a big awning way that's right over that. So if you want to put a security guard there, more power to you. That's the whole narrative. There's no more talk of this today. The Trey Young incident, guy lost his season tickets. Yeah, guess what? Don't do it again. Mm-hmm. I've heard everything from prosecute the oh, guy yeah. that dumped popcorn oh, yeah. on Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Stop that. Because that's assault. It, I mean, the the popcorn might have had assault on yeah, it. Yeah, the, the but... popcorn, I'm sure, was assaulted. That's why I don't like popcorn, because it has too much salt on it. <laughs> no, I, I, look, this has been happening forever. I, and this is, the, this is also the thing that kills me about this, is when something like this happens, there are people in the media, I won't name names, who... I probably bl- will. ...who blow this up as if it's never happened before. And... I even heard somebody say, I can't believe this happened in Philadelphia. Are you out of your mind? What's funny? Have you. Uh, Barstool from Barstool's Philly affiliate? Yeah. Not two minutes after this happened, posted a graphic that said, You watch. Tomorrow it's going to be, Remember when they threw batteries at Santa yep. Claus? And, and I knew it. Yep. I don't care where it happened. I'm going to level you. I don't care. Mm hmm. That means nothing to the narrative of the story to me. Nothing. Oh, it does. Oh, it adds a, a ton to the narrative of the story because it continues to build that Philly fans are horrible. Uh, and so, I, and I could literally name six other cities that are the exact same way. Mm-hmm. 
You want to know who has who has the worst fans in the NBA? It's not even close. It's not even debatable, and I promise you, you'll get this wrong. The worst fans, the worst fans in the NBA. In the it's NBA. not even close. Uh, Every player, not even close. It, it's not Philly. Every player I've ever talked to that played mm-hmm. in the NBA, Boston. Has, nope. Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz. Yeah, uh, I heard just that as well. gnarly, just horrid mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But do you say that about Utah fans? Oh, if it happened in Utah, would you go, oh, those awful Utah not, fans? No, because they're not relevant. <laughs> Nobody no. cares about well, Utah fans. you know, I mean, I'm, Nobody cares I'm not going to agree with you, but I, well, you're I, not wrong. Right. I mean, nobody cares about Utah fans until they do something stupid. I mean, this is where Russell Westbrook got into the back and forth with the guy who apparently called him the N-word. Remember, that was just two years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been back and forth like this right. forever. Right. But I'm saying, people act like this has never happened before. It always happening to today's society where you can't even go out and compete in basketball without getting things thrown at you. It's been happening for 70 years. And you know what? It's a real easy fix, and the NBA Mm -hmm. has no desire to do it. What's the fix? Uh, Push the fans back a little bit. It's a little ridiculous that you see inbounds passes and somebody sitting in the front row could pull on the guy inbounding the ball short. Oh, no doubt. That's kind of stupid. I have, I have always disagreed with I've that. I've always the said the fact that season. you have fans in college basketball arenas that are right beside the stanchion. That's stupid. We don't do that in any other sport, but we do it in basketball. You want to fix it? Fix that. Oh, but wait. Oh, wait. Those are really expensive tickets, yeah, and we really don't want to lose those. Yeah, they are. So stop giving me the narrative of, mm-hmm. oh, we have to fix this. You mm-hmm. can fix this in nothing flat. You won't. I don't know that it would really fix anything. 100% it would. All right, mm-hmm. take the two incidents that happened last night. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good of a spitter you are, uh, but if you weren't within 10 feet, I promise you you couldn't hit somebody. <laughs> right. Uh, now take the popcorn guy. If there was a covering over that walkway right there, right. you couldn't do it. Right. Uh, those are pretty easy fixes. We want to give them access, and though. We want to give and, the fans access and, and be able to see. And there's the problem. Mm-hmm. You want to give fans access, and why do you want to give fans access? Because you want to sell because tickets. Because buy tickets. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So, if I mean, it's, a, it's catch-22. Right. You can't have one without the other. Right. Uh, you're, you're, this is never going to go away. This is a constant, has been a constant, forever will be a constant. As long as there is competition between two teams and two sides hate each other, which is kind of what you know it's kind of the narrative that's built around all of sports it's my team against your team i like my team i hate your team we want to win that kind of thing you're always going to have stupid people do stupid things i i don't know what else the nba could do and i don't know that yes in, in your scenario move the fans back they won't be able to spit on you from there i get that yeah, I mean, but people this are still going to throw things. I mean, the the guy. Remember the 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 malice in the palace. The guy that threw the beard was the beer at uh, Ron Artest was what like seventeen rows up. He was up there pretty high, <laughs> right? I mean, that's what made that thing so and here's unbelievable. Thing. Was that Ron Artest not only went into the crowd after somebody, but that he chased the guy down two sections. Uh, yeah, and that's happened one time ever. Oh, I know. I, I'm not saying it's it runs rampant and it's a big big problem. What I'm saying is that's what made that that malice at the palace stand out so much was that he actually got loose and went after a guy 17 rows up. So no, not in all cases will moving the fans back matter. I understand what you're saying. 
Uh, but again, the money is going to be too much. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the, see, that's the thing that drives me crazy. With the the NBA is getting worse and worse about this by the day. Of you want to voice your problem, but you don't have a solution. Mm-hmm. And if there is a solution, you're not willing to do it. That's a problem. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I got news for you. If you want there to be, if you want there to be these these sweeping things that happen to fans, then you're gonna have to start doing things to players that go after fans. Because I can think of four to five different examples in the last. Now you got to take out the the time where we had no fans mm-hmm. within the last three years, where you've had very strange interactions. Now I have no idea what the fan said, but I have, but I can read the lips of the player and mm-hmm. I know what you said. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't work both ways. Now, how are you going to get fans to stop yelling things at, at players? You're not. You can't. That, that's like asking how are you going to get people to stop running red lights? Right. Uh, uh, I, I don't have an answer to that. I mean, we have punishments and, in Unless place. you got Merlin the Magnificent, I don't think you're going to get that to happen. <laughs> right. You can legislate things to death. Mm-hmm. People still run red lights. People still speed on the interstate. Mm-hmm. And guess what? People jaywalk every day. Mm-hmm. So uh, all you can do is exactly what the NBA is doing. Unless you're going to take the more drastic measures right. that I think you should take. Because, frankly, I'm tired of talking about this. Mm-hmm. Well, the good news is there was actual basketball last night. And, and some could, of it was okay. <laughs> uh, it's like you r- corrected me yesterday. A game. There was a game uh-huh. that was interesting. Oh, by the way, I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't point this out. But Jeremy picked three games yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And going to the Kevin Vick Memorial Bell. That's another three no day. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. Everybody, this is good old J.R. Jim Ross, WWE Hall of Famer. Boy, these boys are smart. You talk about Goofy and a pet coon. Let me tell you something. You're listening to the Sports Tank. This show is a legitimate slobber knocker. And it's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. And, yes, there was actual basketball played last night. We're not, uh, we're not going to focus all of our energies on controlling the fans because, honestly, you just can't do it. You can't control the fans. The best thing you can do is have the tough policies in place that if you interact with the players in a dis- disrespectful way, whether that be throwing things, spitting, using harsh words, whatever, you're banned. You're done. You're no longer allowed to come back to our arena because that's not what we want to put forward. I think that's enough. I don't want to hear all of this, the, Russell, Will, Ru- Russell Westbrook. Gosh. I need one of them I to need, retire. Yes, I need I Russell need one Wilson of them to retire. To retire. I need one of them to retire immediately <laughs> because Brian Haynes did the exact same thing on the sportsocracy this morning. Weekdays, 9 a.m. I know. I heard YouTube it, Life. and I immediately thought, I do that exact same thing. And then you said, Tank does that exact same thing. Uh-huh. Anyway, Russell Westbrook, uh, saying Russell Westbrook should press charges because he was assaulted and all of that. Like, If he gets punched or pushed, then let's talk. He had popcorn thrown on him. Let's, let's back off a little bit. I mean, back in the day, they used to throw tomatoes at people that they didn't like on stage. So, you know, I'm just saying. Have we gotten that soft? You can't You can't even take a little bit of popcorn? Anywho, not the point. Last night in the NBA, obviously, Washington got drugged down a road by the Philadelphia 76ers. We all knew that was going to happen. No one is surprised. 
that the 76ers are now up two games to none. This game's good. This series going to be over in four. I don't see a path for the Wizards winning a game. Uh, no, especially not when Davis Bertans goes $24 billion. <laughs> He actually went $24 billion and six. Because he had six fouls. And he has seen six, yeah, the six fouls. Is all, or the fouls are always the last. So, yeah, it's $24 billion and yeah, six. Yeah, so if you're not familiar with that term, that means he played 25 minutes last night, did zero except for pick up six fouls. Yep, no points, no rebounds, no assists, no steals, mm-hmm. no blocks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> six fouls. That's, yeah, uh, but we all knew this was going to happen. We knew that with the Washington Wizards were going to get into a series, either it be the set, the the one seed or the two seed. I might have given them a game, but yeah, they, they've absolutely shown nothing in the first two games of this series against the seventy. The seventy sixers are just too strong. They're very good defensively, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I said I don't think anything's going to change my mind about the seventy sixers in this series because I have no faith in the Washington Wizards and last night's 25-point beatdown didn't change anything for me. I said long ago there is a better than zero chance that they're going to be sitting in the Eastern Conference Finals having not lost a game. Mm -hmm. The Memphis Grizzlies and the Utah Jazz, Ja Morant deserves a better team. And he'll have one. Yeah, he will. I mean, yeah, he's only, what, two years, two more years? Left on his rookie deal, three yeah, more and years, then, and then he'll sign a five-year extension in, in Memphis because that's what everyone does. <laughs> you think so? You think he'll they'll they'll be able to convince him to sign an extension? Uh, yeah, fifty million dollars tends to do that because yeah, that's, that's true. the discretion. Yeah, 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 that's how much it, it tends to happen. They can offer over other teams. Yeah, I get. I that. want you to understand something. This is one of the most unbelievable stats I've ever heard. Okay, the Memphis Grizzlies shot fifty-four percent from the field last night. Mm-hmm. And still got absolutely slaughtered mm-hmm. for three of the four quarters of that game. Mm-hmm. Third quarter, John Morant was otherworldly. <laughs> and he was otherworldly the entire game. Mm-hmm. 47 points for John Morant. That is the most scored in a playoff game by somebody who's under the age of 21. Yes. just ba- I think he barely eked out Luka. John Morant now has 73 points in his first two career playoff games. Uh, do you know how many players in NBA history have ever had more than that? Zero. It's one. Really? It's George Mikan. <laughs> he doesn't count. Yeah, he was just sitting under the gold, you know, rebound. Right. Back. When you're seven feet tall and everybody else is 5'3". Please tell me you understood that analogy. What? The, the George Mikan analogy. He sat under the basket and rebounded it and just put it back. No. Mike and drill. Everybody that ever played basketball. Oh, ran the, the Mike, Mike and drill. And drill. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, it's not literally where you sit under the basket and you shoot it up, go to the other side, rebound it, just keep doing okay. That. All right, because that was George Mikan's entire game. Yeah, I didn't realize that's what that was called. Yep, that was the Mike and drill. The Mike and drill. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, when you're seven feet tall and everybody else is five foot three, uh, you're going to be able to do that. The George Mike and drill. Anyway. Uh, John Moran, I just, I, I mean, I feel bad when you when you see a guy score forty seven points. He's no doubt the uh, lightning rod for this entire team, and then you still you still got beat pretty badly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were times in that game where you just write it off. Now in the third quarter, they were able to what cut it to six. I think it was as close as it got. Yeah, they, I mean, I scored them by fifteen. I think in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Utah's just obviously the far superior team. And I'm going to go out on a limb. The way Utah played last night, I don't know that anybody can beat them. 
Because there's not one player you can stop. Mm-hmm. The whole workload is so it's so dispersed, mm-hmm. and that's what happens when you have Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Because when when you do have Mitchell, when when Conley sits down, Donovan Mitchell can run the point. When Donovan sits down, Conley can run the point, and that allows Jordan Clarkson to come off the bench and be nothing but a scorer because he's not a very good distributor. Right. The and best the best thing I can say about this Memphis Utah Jazz series is that. I mean, at least the Memphis Grizzlies are getting some playoff experience under their belt. I mean, they are the youngest team in the playoffs. It has one great advantage over uh, Bucks Heat tonight. What's that? I did at least watch it tonight. I will watch the Friends reunion as opposed to watching Bucks Heat. I thank you for saying that. I meant to text my wife. You know, she's recovering from the surgery and she's at home alone. I meant to text her and tell her. Don't watch Friends without me. If you watch it without me, that could go badly. Right. Like, I mean, that's that's grounds for divorce. I mean, maybe not that far. I was about to say that's I mean, a little aggressive. At least it's a finger wag and, and 10 minutes of silence. That's that's aggressive for a show that went off the air 20 years ago. <laughs> it's the reunion. It's important. Yeah, and all they're going to I mean, I'm going to be disappointed. What, I wish they had just done do it as like, I just wish it had been done like a movie. Like, we just... We catch like up twenty years episode. later. Yeah, uh, like we catch up twenty years later. That's yeah. a reunion. Getting around and hey, you remember that time mm-hmm. that we did that stuff? Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah, I've already seen that forty nine times. <laughs> How many behind the scenes documentaries can one watch? So you would have rather seen this be an actual reunion where like Chandler and Monica come back from the suburbs with yeah, the kids. We just and, see what they're doing. Yeah. I don't like things being left open ended. If there's anything <laughs> that you would have learned from listening to this show, it's that I don't like to use a lot of imagination. Mm-hmm. It's just not my thing. Just, no, you're the one with imagination. <laughs> you're supposed to tell That's me. That's why you're making the movie <laughs> or the TV show. So, you give me an so what you're saying is you absolutely hated the ending of The Sopranos. I don't like things being open-ended. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't disagree with you more. I can't leave things unfinished. I watch, You want to know why I don't watch movies in a nutshell? Because I know within five to ten minutes I'm going to like something. The problem is, once I start it, I have to finish it. Mm-hmm. No matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter. Jason X, I watched the end. <laughs> I, didn't mean, I didn't want to. I knew four minutes into that movie. Bad. This is bad, but bad, bad, bad. That was the Jason Goes to Space? Yeah. And then the he molds yeah. with the ship. No, I've never see, seen it. I've never even gotten near the box. To I, l- be. <laughs> let's be honest. The one line I just said was enough for 99.9% of people to go, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-mm. That sounds awful. Mm-mm. Like when I when I said something to you earlier today about Ghostbusters Ow. and you were like, I didn't see that. Why would I believe that you would want anything to do with Jason X? Out. Yeah, I'm out on Ghostbusters. See, I didn't know Jason X was in space. I didn't read the description and, and I'd already... <laughs> rented it stupid blockbuster <laughs> that's awful yeah. that's absolutely awful that should be your pittance now that we know that you've seen jason x and you watched it all the way through mm-hmm. now your pittance is you have to watch both the ghostbusters movies what about ghostbusters makes you go yes jeremy would love this comedy you love comedy it's got Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis. I mean, some of the greatest comedic minds of the 1970s and 80s are in it. It also has something 
that is a problem that I've told you before. Ghosts? You said comedy. Yeah. It's older than me, and that's a problem. I don't. Uh, Not Ghostbusters 2. No, but it also doesn't have this thing that's really important for me to watch in action movies. CGI. No, but I need it, effects and I mean, things could, to. I mean, it was great effects for the for the day and time it was made. And unfortunately, that was thirty seven years ago. It was groundbreaking. Seacrest out. How could you possibly make these? Already walked away. Transparent ghosts mm-hmm. appear and and break things and not coming back to the table. <laughs> this negotiation has been over. Come on, because I, I tried to tell him a story about Vigo the Carpathian, and he had no clue what I was talking about. Nope. It's just it's just sad. I still think that should be your pittance for watching Jason X. You got to watch two classic movies, great comedy movies from the eighties. Out. Nope. Sorry, wrong button. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 4114. Look, don't throw popcorn at me. All I'm doing is I, I just slipped up and hit the wrong button. There's two buttons. Uh, two. I have a screen of like 20 buttons over here. They're right close to each other, and I just didn't get in the middle of the button. From now on, when you do that, I'm going to go, no, your other left. Your, your other left. <laughs> Uh, one of, uh, one of our brethren in the, uh, sports talk world has a new job. I didn't get to this the other day when I originally wanted to, cause there's just crazy things keep happening in the sports world. Dan Dockish has a, has a new job. Uh, obviously he has made headlines for far worse things, but ESPN radio host Dan Dockich has decided that he needs to, you know, he needs to serve some time. He, he did a bad, bad thing. And he needs to punish himself. What was the bad, bad thing he did? Not listening to Jeremy Green's Green on Greens every day. Because he apparently lost a lot of money during March Madness. And, you know, when... I don't don't know if it came up in a conversation with his wife one day where she was complaining about how much money he had lost. And he said, well, you know what? I'm going to earn that money back. And so he decided to pick up a side job. And he is now... Going around the uh, what the Indiana area, delivering DoorDash. Because apparently he heard from somebody that you could make twenty five dollars an hour. His stepson. His, his stepson, stepson was working for DoorDash. Oh, okay. So his stepson tells him he could make twenty five dollars an hour delivering food, and he's been doing it for weeks now. And apparently he could, he's going to continue to do it because he says the, the relationships that he is building with his listeners is something unlike he's ever experienced before. That he was driving around one day and he had, I think he'd gone to a wedding or something and the wedding got over with and he was like, you know what? I got a long drive back. Let's do some DoorDash while we're, uh, you know, while I'm making my way back across town. So he gets an order and he, delivers it he shows up and apparently the guys that were there hanging out just drinking some beers waiting on their pizza or whatever it was said hey you're dan dockage and they built a rapport and a relationship and i think this is a great way to get you know jeremy assaulted what i think you should start doing doordash and uh (laughs) uh i will order doordash for you and and someone else can bring it to your house. <laughs> You're not going to deliver. I am a huge proponent of DoorDash. Oh, I, I, I use it a lot. Yeah, and Uber Eats and all of the mm-hmm. other things. Mm-hmm. So none uh, of them currently actively sponsor the show. So I, I'll just give them all up. Right. 
Uh, but then when, but they can, right? But he had been talking about it on the air, and the guys were like, "I can't believe you're actually doing this. We thought you had just made that story up." And the guy gave him a hundred dollar tip. Now here's the thing: if a guy gives you a hundred dollar tip, do you give it back to him? You know you make more money than he does. If you're Dan Dockage, you know that you probably make more money than the guy that gave you a hundred dollar tip. Do you give Not it back to him? I would think so. I mean, unless he was delivering DoorDash to a big mansion or something, which it didn't, the way he told the story didn't lean to that. But when when I read the story and and heard him tell it, I thought, wait, the guy gave you $100 and you didn't go, no, man, I appreciate it, you keep it. No, he pocketed the $100. And see, this is why people target Dan Dockage. Because he's a jerk. I think there might be other reasons. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Ohio State University (laughs) has just endeared themselves to me a little bit by confirming something that I told you quite some time ago. Okay. The president of Ohio State University asked Athletic Director Gene Smith if the Buckeyes could go independent in a text message sent the day after the Big Ten announced in August it would not play a fall football season. This has been put out as part of Discovery. Uh... For media request, it's a public records request by media organizations of all the things that went into Ohio State's decisions and things like that. Okay, I tried to tell you this. Mm-hmm. Them and as soon as Nebraska came out, and they even mentioned Nebraska, because when the uh, when when Smith responded, he said, "I'm trying to understand our contracts, and if we can play independent this year, Nebraska's trying to, and they've gone public with it." That was their way of saying, mm-hmm. "We'll figure it out." Mm-hmm. And now you have a Pac-12 commissioner that's been fired. You have a Big Ten commissioner that's, let's just say I hope he's renting. Right. And this is what I tried to tell you. Mm-hmm. Is that you cannot do this. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise, they figured it out. Yeah, lo and behold. Lo and behold, they figured it out. <laughs> some, of these, some of these messages that go back and forth are mm-hmm. just pure vitriol from Ohio State fans about... I mean, this goes all the way back to, to G. Gordon Gee, who's now the president of West Virginia. I mean, it is... They're aggressive. Ohio State fans, they they really like Ohio State football. Well, there's no... I, I, there is no real delineation when it comes to fandom, for me, between Ohio State and the SEC programs. It's all pretty much the same. The, the passion for the sport is the same. You can't say the same for every team. You know, I, I would say top to bottom in the SEC, the fans are way more passionate than the Big Ten. Mm, but Ohio State skews the number a lot. <laughs> Ohio State skews that a lot. Because, they, you, you, you know, I could say there are a lot of fans for Kentucky football who are real passionate, and they still bring the same kind of fire, not in the graded numbers, obviously, as a Florida, a Georgia, uh, an Alabama. I'm not going to say the same thing, thing about Rutgers. I'm just not. Speaking of college football, did you see that DK Sportsbook put out their initial Heisman Trophy watch list? No. I'm going to be mad, aren't I? <laughs> Maybe. There's a possibility that you're going to be a little angry. Okay. Your favorite is? Sam Howell. No. Mm-hmm. Sam Howell's not in the top five. Yeah, he, he, According to DK Sportsbook. 
He had to skirt <clears throat> away from the microphone there <clears throat> to avoid saying. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Sam Howell, he's, he's plus seventeen hundred. That's ridiculous. Jump on it now. He is behind Spencer Rattler, dumb of Oklahoma. Who's first? DJ Uyengog. Wait, what? Uyagalele. Spencer's first. First at plus five fifty. DJ Uyagalele. Okay, is second at plus six hundred. Uh, Bryce Young is third, mm-hmm. quarterback at Alabama, mm-hmm. plus 800. And then you have a tie for fourth. This is where you might get a little annoyed. Mm-hmm. JT Daniels is is fourth, Okay, Georgia quarterback. Mm-hmm. Care to take a stab at who he's tied with? Is it, uh, is it Malik Willis? Nope. <laughs> I don't even know where Malik Willis is. <laughs> I didn't even think to look for Malik Willis if I was being really honest with you. Uh, he's not even listed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll save you because you're not going to get this. Know. It's CJ Stroud. Stop that. It's CJ Stroud. Stop that. Quarterback at Ohio State, in case you're curious of who Thank that you is. for saying that because I'm tra- sitting here trying to figure out who's he kick for. Yeah. Because this is how see, stupid they are with yeah. these Heisman hopeful CJ Stroud dumb. is the favorite to be the quarterback That's, at Ohio State. That is absolutely dumb. He is plus 500 ahead of Sam Howell, and that Stop. blows my Two. mind. Two, there's two dudes on this list who haven't even taken a snap in major college football. Yep. Which and is two of them who have been pretty brutal at times. Dumb, 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 dumb. I agree. I agree. Yeah. If you're looking yeah. for the answer a, to that was that's going to infuriate you. If you're looking <laughs> for a dark horse that I just really would like it said that I said this, it's Keaton Slovis at plus twenty five hundred. If you want a dark, dark horse, I'll go uh, Brock Purdy, who is plus 5,000. Yeah, that's not happening. That team could go undefeated. I couldn't see it. That team could go undefeated. That team could be in the college football playoffs. You think you could put up enough stats to get Oklahoma State to be, you know, the... Well, he's not at Oklahoma or, I mean, State. Uh, Iowa State. Iowa State, thank you. To be the... That team... Heisman is stacked. Okay. I mean, Stacked. They have two guys in the top 12 of pre-ballot Heisman balloting. Tim and Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. They're, they're good. I'm just telling you they're good. You think their passing game is going to be that good? Though? I think they're going to be that good. Okay. And then you look at their schedule and you go, oh, oh boy. They're... There are just not a whole lot of losses right. on that schedule now, are there? Right. I mean, it seems like, it seems like that would be a large, large dark horse. I'm just... I, it, look. Here's here's where I'm coming from. Uh, man, it's it, every time I look at this, I'm like, why have I not laid money on this yet? Mm-hmm. They play Northern Iowa, Iowa, UNLV, Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, <clears throat> who doesn't have a running back, mm-hmm. uh, West Virginia, Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, TCU. There is one losable game in that. One. One. Oklahoma. Oh, that's it. That's the only game on that schedule they could lose. No credit for Texas. It's in Iowa State. Uh, yeah, sorry. I don't think yeah. Tom Herman and uh, insert whoever's going to play quarterback here at Texas mm-hmm. is going to go into Iowa State and beat a fifth-year senior. Actually, I lied. Sixth-year senior because yeah. he used the extra year of eligibility to come back. <laughs> Sam Howell being that low on the Heisman hopeful list. That's the reason I brought it up. I knew it would make you angry. I did. I knew it would make you angry, mm-hmm. which would make me laugh because that's how that works. You know why? Because it's not following the path. And the path is Heisman, number one pick, 
of the Detroit Lions. I said it three years ago, like after two games of seeing him quarterback for the Tar Heels, and I'm still sticking with it. And Heisman, number one pick. And that's just exactly like me saying that the Lakers were going to lose on Tuesday night. It sounded so good, and then it fell apart. But we do get them again tonight. We do we get do them. We do have Lakers Suns tonight. We do. And I will be picking that game momentarily. Green on Green is coming up next. Yes, a, uh, a trio of NBA games tonight. you got the Lakers and the Suns, the Nuggies, and the Portland Trailblazers. Fifteen games away. We are 15 games away from making my vision a reality. And the Milwaukee Bucks against the Miami Heat. And that is like uh, an appetizer ahead of a lobster dish. It's it just it would have to be so good, and it's not going to be. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Just bring me the lobster. Just it's going to be liver, fast forward right to 10 o'clock. It's going to be chopped liver on a cracker. That's. It's going to be hush puppies that they left in the broiler too long. Too long. <laughs> and they're going to be dry. I'm about to dip them in ranch dressing, and I don't want to do that. Money-making tips for tonight coming up next right here on ESPN Asheville. Green on green. Stick with us. Coffee's the closers on me. Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the work. Another NBA night, another NBA winning night. Three and one last night, missed on the over-under, Philadelphia and Washington. And that should have been a walk in the park, except Washington stopped playing. I have four picks for you tonight in the NBA. 11 and four over the last seven, 28 and 15 in the last 30. Uh, Tonight, you got the Milwaukee Bucks are a one and a half point favorite at the Miami Heat. That's dumb. They should be a markedly bigger favorite than that. Miami cannot contend with them. It's very obvious. They live by the three. They die by the three. And tonight, I think they're going to die by the three. For the last few days, I have been NBA jam level. Just. Yep. Yep. There we go. (laughs) Sorry. And you know why? Because I've stayed away from underdogs. Not tonight. Tonight we have two underdogs. The Phoenix Suns are a seven-point dog tonight to the L.A. Lakers, and that's stupid. That is not going to happen. I think Chris Paul, yes, he may not be 100%. No, I don't think Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Suns win tonight, but I think they're going to keep it closer than seven. L.A. probably wins tonight. I mm-hmm. think Phoenix takes game four. We go back to the desert tied 2-2. But I do think Phoenix will cover tonight. Give me Phoenix plus the seven. Finally, my 2021 NBA champion, Denver Nuggets, take the floor tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. We're going back to Portland. Denver's a four-point dog. Here's what nobody wants to talk about. Portland's better on the road than they are at home. I think Denver is going to absolutely walk them tonight. I also love Denver plus the four and over 227 and a half. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. Mm, the Suns can't lose tonight. I'm just saying You're it. wrong. I'm just saying it. They 100% can lose tonight, and they probably will. I know. But, but they I can't like afford plus to. seven a lot. They can't afford to. That's what I'm saying. It's just, just how I feel about this. You're scenario. as delusional as Brandon Jacobs. Really? You get LeBron James and AD get up in this series, they're not coming back. Mm, gonna disagree with you. Mm-hmm. You are Brandon Jacobs level delusional. <laughs> what? 
what? Former Giants running back Brandon Jacobs. Yeah. Yeah, he just tweeted out. He just tweeted out that he wants to make an NFL comeback as a defensive end. He said <laughs> he said Tim Tebow can play I mean, tight not? end. I can play defensive why end. Why not? Justin Blackman's gonna come back. Justin Blackman was actually like talented. He had one you know, mm. he had a problem. He had one yeah, one like, major problem. He, he enjoyed something that he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> But see, now the doors are open for him again in the NFL. We don't test for that anymore. Nope. So, you know, Justin Blackman, let's let's see if he, I actually will give him more of a more credit for trying to come back than than Tim Tebow. Uh, yeah, because he had talent. Uh, no doubt about it. Absolutely. No doubt about it. I know we only got to see flashes of it over his career, but there was something there. It didn't last a real long time, but we saw it for a minute. I did it again. You are buttoning really poorly today. <laughs> like, you should probably check my pants. They're going to fall off here in a second. I'm having problems with all the buttons today. Uh, MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Daily fantasy sports props. Get in on it. And uh, you know what? Every day, just like the green on green picks, we give you free money on MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Winner last night again. There you go. That's, that's three in a row. Three of four. He's he's hot, people. He's hot. MonkeyDieFight.com. Go on today. Set up, set yourself up an account. Make your initial investment, and when you do that, and use our promo code Tank T A N K, they will match the initial investment up to fifty dollars. They'll also give you a five dollar free play, which you can use on tonight's game. I'll give you one guess what game I'm playing tonight. Oh, are you doing the Nuggets and Blazers? I am playing the more or less 3.6x multiplier between the Portland Trailblazers and my 2021 NBA champion, Denver Nuggets. Let me guess, over 72 points for Nikola Jokic. Over 32 and a half. (laughs) You're close. (laughs) I will also take over 33 and a half for Damian Lillard. Yeah. I am fully well aware that they're going to put Aaron Gordon on him. And I think he will be effective. However, the reason that I think Denver is just going to boat race them is because I think Dame Lillard's going to try to do too much. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be able to get by Gordon. I just think it's... He's, I, I hate that matchup for him so much. I will tell you this. I don't think he's going to go one for ten from three-point range again. Isn't that what... I think that's what he went in the second half. One for five. Or one for five, excuse me. One for five from three-point range against Aaron Gordon. Yeah, uh, he might. That's a so. that's a massive height differential, and it's not really much of a speed difference. Yeah, the only thing you got to do though, if you're Dame, is just just start firing from back at the logo. He's good at that. Yeah, and Aaron Gordon will figure that out pretty quickly. I I, I don't like it, but I do think he's going to manage to try. It, it, Dame Lillard's going to go full on team gets mine tonight. Mm-hmm. We all know it. All right, so uh, over Nikola Jokic's points over. Damian Lillard's points tonight on monkeyknifefight.com. And that will take your $5 ticket and turn it into an $18 prize. And, of course, don't forget to use the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K. When we, uh, we're going to take the break for Sports Center here at the top of the hour. When we come back from the break, we'll talk some football. In the next hour, we're going to talk about Julio Jones. There's trade rumors about. 
apparently they have been offered a first-round pick. In 2049. (laughs) We don't know when it is, but they may get the first-round pick that they were looking for. Um, Some some little tidbits coming out of OTAs as well that we want to get into. And, uh, yeah, I still want to talk about the Hawks and the Knicks game last night because I think that was the most entertaining. It's the most entertaining series, period, in these NBA playoffs. Oh, goodness. I can't believe it's almost a three-day weekend. Only one day remaining. Only one and day And I remaining. completely forgot it. I didn't even think about Memorial Day being Monday until mm-hmm. somebody pointed it out to me today, and I went, only one more day, and then I'm off for three. I couldn't forget because uh, the pool opens tomorrow, and now all of my neighbors are going to get a full summer of this. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't make anybody move because of it last year, but... We were only there for half the summer. This year, they may not be able to hold out. This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. And it's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400 out in Waynesville, and of course heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. And this hour of the program brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. The one game that we haven't really talked about last night other than the spitting incident was the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. Game two, Madison Square Garden. You had the just just vitriol from the New York fans going out for Trey Young after he got called out by the mayor and Derek Rose had talked some smack. And I and I will say, uh I think he's I think he's playing the role very well. Oh, he's embracing it. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt he's embracing it. Mm-hmm. And to me, it just it makes a it, it it makes a big statement about Trey Young. We know he's a super talented guy. He needs the attitude to go along with it, and I think he's developing that in his now second third year in the NBA. Mm-hmm. The show that he has put on throughout the season. And with 30 points last night, and he had, what, 37, I think, in the first game. And with Ja Morant's 47 points last night against the Utah Jazz, these two guys are going to be, we're going to be talking about them as the two leaders of the next generation of the NBA. I don't think there's any doubt about that. To me, it's Ja Morant, Trey Young, Luka Doncic. Those are the next faces of the NBA. I would agree with you. And, I, I, and I'll be honest with you. My biggest takeaway from last night is the NBA's better when Madison Square Garden is like that. There's no doubt about it. The atmosphere in that building was just phenomenal. And the fact that it was a close game all throughout, what, three minutes left to go in the game, it was tied at 91 apiece. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Atlanta fell apart at the end, just couldn't do anything. And you got to give the New York Knicks credit for that. 101-92 was the final score, and I, 
I, I still believe that the Atlanta Hawks are going to win this series, but it's no doubt going seven for me. Well, John Collins can't be as bad as he was last night. <laughs> he was brutal. When he's in foul trouble, I get mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But, man, he was bad. That means you have to play more Danilo Gallinari, and that's not good for anybody. No. And John Collins is a great player. He's a great offensive player. Mm-hmm. He's a sieve defensively. <laughs> you think everybody's a sieve defensively. Not like John Collins. John Collins is like trying to catch a, a water in a cup you cut the bottom out of. Just, mm-mm. it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not good at all. Mm-hmm. Is that, I mean, I mean, I think defense is the one thing that is overarching missing from the NBA. From a lot of guys. I mean, mm-hmm. there are guys that can play defense. Oh, of course there are. There's just a lot but of there's guys. There's a lot that, of them. There's a lot of guys that are real bad. Well, I mean, this is why we, you know, we have, we have stiffened the rules against defenders in the NBA. Uh, that creates more shot opportunities and more flexibility for offenses. And that's why we end up seeing these 140, 130 point shootout games so much. You're not going to get that with New York, though. You don't really get that with L.A. or Miami. It's like defensive teams in this league just kind of stand out. Mm-hmm. And you know you know the ones that don't. And it only really works for one team. <laughs> and that's the Brooklyn Nets. They can outshoot everybody. So what is the what do the Hawks have to do to win this series? I'm I've kind of changed my mind. I think the Knicks are actually gonna win. You think this so? I would say Atlanta probably wins game three, the Knicks win game four in Atlanta. It goes mm-hmm. back to New York, they win in New York, and then it home court serves the rest of the way out. Mm-hmm. The problem is I th- Atlanta, I believe, would have to win a game seven in New York. Because I don't think they can put them away by winning three of the next four. Right. And I just don't know how that team's going to go in there and beat them in in MSG like that. The problem is that the winner, it, it, hey, here's what you get. Uh, here's your prize. You get the Philadelphia 76ers that have been sitting at home waiting on you for a week. Mm-hmm. Is Trey Young now your favorite player? Did you see the, the, the post I tagged you in yesterday? I did not. There was a thing circulating around that New York Knicks fans were going to bring fake pigeons to the to the game. Because apparently he's afraid of birds. Apparently Trey Young is an ornithophobe or whatever it could, whatever it's called. He 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 has a fear of birds. So that now he's got to be your favorite player now. That is a totally rational fear. Birds <laughs> are the silent killers in the sky, and I've been saying that on this show forever. <laughs> I did see no pigeons though. I didn't see anybody with fake pigeons in the crowd. So I'm guessing that was that was just a fake thing that was going around. Made it pretty funny though to me, because okay, here's a guy who's deathly afraid of birds. Yet I think he, it's funny yeah, that he nobody realized with, that he plays with a bird on his chest every night. And you know, have you ever been to a game down in Atlanta? They play that hawk screech a lot. Yeah, they do in the, in the Falcon Stadium as well. Oh, it was he must have one heck of a, a psychiatrist. To be able to keep his fears at bay because he seems pretty good every other night. I think it's night. funny nobody seemed to know that until now. I've known that for quite some time. What? Oklahoma State fans used to hold up pictures of pigeons when when Oklahoma played Oklahoma State. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I'll share it right now. It's for, the Sporting News put it out a long time ago. Huh. Yep. Okay. And it's totally irrational fear. It's not. It's Upwards not of 17 fear. people a year. Stop that. Are attacked I and just, injured in bird attacks. I, I, I like both of these teams. Hashtag and it actually kind of, it, it, it kind of actually does remind me of, of 90s basketball. Well, because you got a team that's playing legitimate defense. Legitimate defense, right. I've always liked Tom Thibodeau's teams, and he's just never had a team that you could, that I could actually believe in. And now he does. And now he's got a New York Knicks team that I can go, I can see what you're building there. I can see a future for this New York Knicks team. Are they going to win a world title under Tom Thibodeau? Probably not. I'm going to go with no. Probably not. You don't know. He might he by the by the time uh you know two years rolls around three years rolls around every free agent may want to go there because they're a perennial playoff team again maybe we'll actually have something to talk about in the off season of New York being an actual draw for 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 players because they haven't been for a long time every year we talk about it oh everybody wants to go play in New York no they don't no they don't. I'm glad that New York Knicks fans finally have something to cheer for. Because they haven't had it in a long time. From the Amari Stoudemire days, Carmelo Anthony, everything they have tried has failed. But this is actually a team that I look at and I go, they're pretty good. I don't know how long Julius Randle can keep up his play. Is this a new... Is he this fits new, in the scheme quite nicely. Right, yeah, but, but I mean, is this a new thing that he's going to be... You know, the enforcer of this team for years to come now. He was always kind of miscast. It helps him having Taj Gibson. I mean, enforcer, I think that's going a little, uh, that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. But he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. Been very good offensively. Very good as the, the focal point of this offense. They're obviously better with Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. Stop with Alfred Payton. Mm-hmm. Can we just stop doing that? Please stop doing that. <laughs> There is nothing in the NBA that gets on my nerves more than Alfred Payton starts. Do you know? So he started last night. Do you know how many minutes he played? No. Take a random guess. 48 minute game. 22. Five. He played five <laughs> minutes and he started. That drives what me is the absolutely point of that? bananas. I don't understand. He the played point the of first that. shift in the first quarter, and I don't think he played again. Does it? Does he have it written into his contract or something? That he has no, to start and, X amount of games. And then they're better with quickly. They're way better with Derrick Rose. But they started the second half with Taj Gibson and Derrick Rose, and that's when mm-hmm. things started going all hunky dunky. Mm-hmm. I think that the Knicks wound up in a perfect spot here. It's the perfect opponent for them. I think this is going to be a really doing. good series. Of course it is. And we're going to walk away from this feeling good about the Hawks and feeling good about the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Until they have to face the Philadelphia But see, I don't think that's going to diminish how you feel about either of these teams. No, probably not. I mean, they came in as four and fives. Did you walk into this season thinking that the Knicks and Hawks was going to be the four or five? No. That they were going to be better seeds than the Celtics and the Heat? Not a chance. And the Pacers, for that mm-hmm. matter. I thought these two would be fighting it out for the eighth seed in the East. Yeah. At best. I was three years too early. I was three years too early on the Atlanta Hawks. I think you're saying you were wrong. Wrong. (laughs) Three years too early is just a really nice way of saying, well, I got that wrong, and by the time we lap back around, I was right. 
just just Trey Young needed time to develop. That's all it was. He just needed a little bit of time. Well, and the fact that he's a horrendous defender had to the you had to build things around that. That's a team that could score. The impressive part to me about the Hawks mm-hmm. is that they have made this a series against a team that's so good defensively. I mean, they were 27% from three last night, 37% from the floor, and mm-hmm. they were still competitive. Mm-hmm. They're just a very good team. And I agree with you. Basketball is better when New York's relevant. Oh, I mean, that's, seeing the Madison Square Garden like that last night was... I'm a reformed Knicks fan, but even I watch that like that's that's better than. Now you got to start asking yourself the question though: What? What's he gonna do? What's he gonna do to screw it up? Dolan? Yeah. Oh, there's no telling. What is he gonna do? He'll trade Tom Thibodeau to finance a folk record. <laughs> pull the old uh, pull the old Babe Ruth move, right? I. I <sighs> With James Dolan, nothing is off the table. <laughs> they just can't keep nice things in New York. But now I fully see this going going down the stretch, and I do believe, I do believe that we're seeing it before our eyes. Trey Young, John Morant, and Luka Doncic. I think those three guys, especially in the twenty twenty one playoffs, will be able to look back on this and go. That's when it that's started. where it started. Mm-hmm. That's where the you know the 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 dawn of the new age of the NBA really began. Because and it's going to be perfectly timed with LeBron's first round exit right. when he loses to the Suns. Oh, stop that! I love that you said right in the middle of that. Stop that! <laughs> it's not going to happen. The Los Angeles Lakers win this game tonight. They're going to win the series. I am fully just, convinced of that. The, the, the great Flostradamus tells no lies. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you another thing that's not a lie. What's that? According to Twitter mentions, 92% of people understand that birds aren't real. Oh, stop that. That's why the Knicks are going to win the series. Where did you pull that fake stat from? Birdsaren'treal.com? Nope, brandwatch.com. 92% of Twitter, men- Twitter and Reddit mentions between June and December of 2018, 92% of people understand that birds aren't real. <laughs> That's the dumbest stat I have ever seen. Five percent are unsure. Uh huh. Three percent are uh, confident that birds aren't real. Uh yeah. We call those people wrong. That's completely backwards. Nope. Yes. Nope. Completely backwards. Ninety-two percent of people know that birds are real. Government perpetrated lie. The other eight percent of people are dumb. <laughs> like dumber than the dumber than the guys that set the lines for the Heisman. Hashtag birds are like bang your head on a doorknob, dumb. Nope. <laughs> you will know the truth one day. I have made it my mission uh, and, and with this show that you are one day going to understand. So you're just saying that uh, the only birds that we've ever seen that we believe are real, like, see, on this one, I'm not. This, this is not what I'm picking up. Like, like, like my. I've had animals over the years kill birds, and mm-hmm. there are no mechanical pieces. Mm-hmm. In the birds, it's because they're government agents that watch them, and when when they oh, and when they, they come down and they yeah yeah they just remove all of the mechanical pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you think that those are actual, you know, correct? Uh-huh. Just like parakeets and things like that, you can buy at pet stores, <laughs> genetically enhanced, oh, just to perpetrate the lie. So dumb, so dumb. Good lord. 
I think it's a pivotal game tonight in L.A. I think it's also a pivotal night. No, it's not. I was gonna say. I was gonna say it's a pivotal night for the other two series, but it's I, not. It's not. It's there's no the, real. The drama NBA here. first round has gone exactly how I told you it was going. Yeah, to. there 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 is no real drama here. Milwaukee. Uh, I know they they came close to dropping the first game of this series, but if Game Two didn't prove to you that they are by far the superior team, to use our favorite quote of the week from the Sportsocracy weekday mornings at nine a.m. Live from the Wicked Weed Studio on YouTube. Check us out at the Sportsocracy on all the social medias. Uh, Milwaukee is just going to dust Miami. And I don't care how many goofy jerseys they pull out to do it. And I, I'm going to be honest with you about something that, I have, uh, that I've seen tonight. Mm-hmm. Denver-Portland, 70% of the money, or 70% of the bets are on Portland. 70% of the money is on Denver. And it's usually a really good sign that the heavy hitters are really hot on Denver. Mm-hmm. Don't don't ask me what LA and Phoenix is because it doesn't really support my narrative. <laughs> Everybody's on the Lakers. Fifty seven percent of the side is on the Lakers. Uh huh. Ninety three percent of the money is on the Lakers. Of course it is. It's LeBron and AD going back home with an even series, and they know that they have to take advantage of the home court, and they're gonna. I'm going to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm going to disagree with you on your take about birds. But I'm going to agree with you on uh, on the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers as well. Um, I didn't think Portland really had a shot in that series. To me, game one was a fluke. And now the Nuggets have figured it out. Mm-hmm. And they are going to roll in this series. And then they'll probably dust the Lakers in the second in the second round. But I'm still I'm still sticking with the Lakers getting out of this first round against the Phoenix Suns. It's all it's all about experience, people. And yeah, you're probably right. We will see. We will look back on the 2021 playoffs and go, yep, that's where it all started. The end of the LeBron era and the rise of all the young stars. In fact, I think we should do that. We'll do that tomorrow, right here on ESPN Asheville. We will do our list of the best players for the next generation of the NBA. Ian. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, or place an order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com You're in the sports tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. All this NBA talk, it kind of made me forget. It's football season. I mean, OTAs are going on, right? Isn't that what, isn't that what you want everybody to believe, Jeremy? That OTAs get more uh, get more publicity than the NBA? Uh, they. I mean, they pretty much do, but this is just <laughs> oh, rookie minicamp. Stop that. They don't pretty much do. Mm. You know. I mean, I want to say it. I'll, I'll say it's close. There you I'll go. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It is close. Everybody wants to talk about football. Again, I'll uh, I'll repeat the Arlen Specter quote from yesterday. America is addicted to football 
unlike they ever were with baseball or heroin. Did you hear the uh, the the story out of Houston Texans camp this morning? No. Uh, John McClain, their their longtime beat mm-hmm. writer, mm-hmm. said he has he has seen something uh, during this OTA session that he's never seen before. Basically, they gave them a a, a roster that didn't have any numbers on it. I did see that. So they got fifty new players. And they don't have any idea who that is. Mm-hmm. That's without a doubt the most Houston Texans thing I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> uh, I think it was Bill Barnwell that I saw retweeted John McClain and said, "Yeah, and imagine that these are billion dollar. This is a billion dollar business. These organizations make up a multi billion dollar business, but they can't get." A roster right. Uh, it, when have you ever seen that at any level of football? It's, I mean, it's pretty absurd, honestly. That, that you can't figure out that a team needs to, uh, that your media guys. Oh, here's the tweet. For the first time in 45 years of covering the NFL, I'm seeing something new. Media is allowed to attend our first Texans OTA and we're given rosters with no numbers for players. Names with no numbers next to them with almost 50 new players. Mm-hmm. That's one dumpster fire organization. There's another one, and nobody's talking about it. What's that? Because they hide in plain sight. Have you seen the story about the Jaguars? About Tim Tebow? Uh, no. That almost is, it's starting to ring true to me that that's just like a circus attraction. Okay. To keep people from noticing how dysfunctional that team is. Mm-hmm. Kareem Kassam, he gone. He was their senior vice president of football operations and strategy. Mm-hmm. That's another member of this front office that has left without so much as being involved in one game. Think about how many coaches have left, how many now executives have left, how many longtime personnel people were let go by Urban Meyer. This has disaster written all over it. And I can't get a, a good read on what's actually happening because every one of the, the special teams coach just quit mm-hmm. four or five days ago mm-hmm. and no reason's ever given. Does that not strike you as strange? Not. It doesn't really strike me as strange. It, it should, because, because this is an alarming number of staff members that are leaving in very short order. Oh, I, strange as in, would I expect this to happen with any other organization? Absolutely. It would be strange. But, no, you know, getting to know the Jacksonville Jaguars over the last few years of, you know, covering sports and... No, nothing really surprises me coming out of that organization anymore. Because now you have given the keys to Urban Meyer, who appears to be ruling with an iron fist. He's the guy that they're placing all of the hopes of this organization on. He's not just been brought in as the next head coach. He's not Doug Marone. He's actually being treated like Bill Belichick. And he's not. No, he hasn't proven anything in the NFL, and the only thing that he's done is rip that franchise front office apart. I have never been so sure that something wasn't going to work in my life. Mm-hmm. And the more I see smart guys, Kareem Kassam worked for the Steelers for the last five years. He spent an hour in Jacksonville and went, nope, yep, got to go. Mm-hmm. And then they, the, the press release, Tony, I feel like Tony Khan has had to say, 
We have agreed to mutually part ways. We feel this is mutually beneficial. About nine times this offseason. Mm-hmm. They have they have allowed Urban Meyer to come in and clear house. Anybody who's against the Urban Meyer move has been cleared out. And it's just basically and, to and me, me, it's just burning this franchise to the ground. Well, so you it's can just move a it. combination of all the things. It's the Tim Tebow fiasco. Mm-hmm. It's running Travis Etienne at, at wide receiver, mm-hmm. and there's been rumors coming out that that the way. Urban Meyer views him is he's going to use him the way he used Percy Harvin. Come on. I mean, come on. This just has two-year disaster written all over it. Yep. You tell me if tell me if I'm off base here. I can only see their schedule for this year. I see a very easy path that you see Urban for two years, and in two years he wins seven games. Go seven and twenty-five, and he's out of Jacksonville in two years. Yep. I'm getting to the point of I don't see how it goes any other way. I can see it going one other way. That uh, he's seven and twenty-five in two years, and Shad Khan goes, "No, this is working. We're getting there. We're making progress. We won two games the first year. We won four games the following year. That's six. I meant five games. There five games the following year. Because this is mapping is hard. <laughs> this is an improvement. And we will continue to do this. Mathing and button pushing is difficult. Look, it's uh it's the Thursday before a three day weekend after I had the morning off. I'm not gonna say I'm not on top of my game, but you know. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. I was going to look for something really funny here, but the weirdest thing I've seen all day, and I might be stealing your story here, but Rush Limbaugh's spot has been filled. Oh no, that's not my story. But I'm 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 glad we're finding a way to get this. Rush in Limbaugh, of course, passed away not too long ago after a bout with uh, a battle with cancer, and now they have decided who is going to take his noon to three spot on nationwide talk radio. Premier Networks is going to be putting out Clay Travis. And Buck Sexton, 12 to 3, every weekday afternoon. And then you'll hear it on our sister station, News Radio 570, WWNC. That has been the biggest question on my mind. As somebody who used to work in conservative talk radio for 15 years, the biggest question on my mind since February has been who are they going to tab to take over the most popular radio show? that ever existed. And now they we have our answer. They are going after the podcast that other than other than Joe Rogan, I think Clay Travis is right behind him in downloads. He's, he's and all not of that. that high. Is he not? No. He's very he's very high on that list. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. He's not that high. Joe, basically, it's Joe Rogan and then all of the rest of us. <laughs> like we're all in one amorphous blob behind the guy from News Radio. 
Which I, I even right. saying that now, I go and I listen to that show all the time. Mm-hmm. I still go. Wait a minute. You mean like the fifth guy from news radio? That's the highest paid radio guy in the world now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because 2021. The Yeah, the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show is uh, going to be premiering on June the 21st. So less than a month from today, Clay Travis and I guess that means he's he's going to have to be off the morning show. Yeah, his last day on the on the morning shows tomorrow. Okay, he, he actually posted that when he oh, posted he? he was filling the spot. Okay, the reason that we're telling this on a sports show is that Colin Cowherd is who actually broke this. <laughs> um, Colin Cowherd came out and said, "There's huge media news." Yeah, you media guys are slacking. I should not be the first one to know this. <laughs> uh, I mean, Clay Travis he ha- he has built himself quite a brand with the Outkick. Outkick the coverage. It's been a phenomenal competitor to ESPN. I get we're probably not supposed to talk about competitors to ESPN on an ESPN station, but we are all connected because, uh, like I said, coming up uh, in less than a month, he's going to be on our sister station, News Radio 570 WWNC, filling that, uh, that slot that has been forever the king. That's been the go-to time slot for talk radio it's the most popular time slot in all of talk in all of talk radio right Uh, and and we all have to realize when we're in this business that none of us would be here without rush limbaugh you can hate his politics all you want to hate him as a person whatever none of us in talk radio would be here without rush limbaugh if he hadn't you know if he hadn't have been the guy to spur through the 19 the late 80s early 90s and the rise of talk radio None of us would be here. Sports talk radio would not be a thing. All right. That's all the politicking we shall do for quite some time. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story that it made me laugh at first, and then I started thinking about it, and it mortified me. Carl Stewart, 39, of Liverpool, England, was sentenced to 13 years and six months in prison at Liverpool Crown Court last week after he pleaded guilty to conspiracy to supply cocaine. Conspiracy conspiracy to supply heroin, MDMA, ketamine, and transferring criminal property. That is a good story. That's a bad guy off the streets. Mm -hmm. Here's what bothered me. It's the way they caught him. So apparently there is a social media platform called IncroChat. Okay. Apparently this is like a European version of, of social media where people that move, that basically do bad things. Are all members? Oh, okay. Well, so it's like the crime syndicate, basically. Twitter. Okay. That's from how I'm understanding it. I'm not a member, so I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, but apparently, Interpol and a series of individual police departments in Europe have been really cracking down on this. Would you like to know how they caught him? I'd love to know. He posted a picture of a block. Of creamy Stilton cheese. Mm-hmm. It was in his hand. Mm-hmm. They analyzed his fingerprints off the picture because they had hacked into the website. They analyzed his finger and palm print and confirmed he was the criminal they were looking for no and way. went to his house and arrested him. Wow. That's some, that's a that's thing. some next level movie conspiracy that, stuff right there. I feel like the only person on earth that should have been allowed to serve that warrant is Will Smith. Because I feel <laughs> like that's a Will Smith movie written all over it. Right. 
Enemy of the state. Men in black. Yeah, I can get it. Mer- Merseyside police say around 60,000 users have been identified on EncroChat, including 10,000 of them in the UK alone. Most of them with the intent to coordinate and plan the supply and distribution of bad things mm-hmm. and money laundering and criminal activity. Wow. So, so this is a, you know, first of all, don't be a criminal. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd be reticent if I didn't say that. There you go. Don't do crimes. Just don't do that. Mm-hmm. Also, be very careful about the things that you post on social media. <laughs> also, be aware of, uh, you know, actually see, accidentally I, taking pictures of your fingertips. See, I don't do crimes. I, I wake up every morning, I look in the mirror, and I go, don't do crimes. That's, <laughs> that's one of the things. That's how I start that's my day. a little pep talk. Don't do crimes. Yeah. That, do, you, do you do it in like a Stuart Smalley kind of a voice? Nope. Like, you're good enough, you're smart enough and not gosh, to commit crimes. darn it, people like you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just look at myself in the mirror, I stick my index finger out, and I point at myself and go, don't do crimes. <laughs> but that's the reason that I didn't feel the urge to go back through my Facebook and other social medias today to see right. if there were a picture of my fingerprints. Uh, more news coming out of OTAs around the NFL. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, since we were just talking about them, there was a story today that apparently they're looking at using Tim Tebow in the Taysom Hill role in Jacksonville. Do you realize how stupid that is? Of course it is. Do, do you know what... Taysom Hill ran in the 40? No. It's 441. Okay. Do you know what Tim Tebow ran? Uh, five something. 485. This myth that Tim Tebow is some otherworldly athlete, I do not know where this came from, but it's not true. I mean, he's a good athlete. I want you to think about what I'm getting ready to say. Okay. Do you know who Makai Becton is? Yes. The left tackle of my New York Jets. Yes. I need you to understand that Tim Tebow is closer in speed to Makai Becton than he is to Taysom Hill. But Makai Becton. Who is, by the way, 6'7, 330. Yeah, he's an outlier, though. He's a mountain, and he's stupidly athletic for how big he is. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited to see him with Ali Vera Tucker. Mm-hmm. Had to get that in there. Uh, Speaking of stupid stuff that comes out of OTAs. Oh, what? The Scotty Pippen? <laughs> Makai uh, Becton and, and uh, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker are going to be Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan. That's now. according to Makai Becton. Oh and gosh. I'm not going to lie, when I saw that, I got all yeah, happy in my feelings. Yeah, you know you did. But at the same good. time, did you go, no, don't say that? Because that's stupid. No, because I, I had to go back and look and realize that Makai Becton was not on earth for one game Michael Jordan ever played with Scotty Pippen. Because he wasn't alive. Mm-hmm. He was born in 1998. <laughs> no, nope. That was the end of that. Yep. And then I felt real old, and I realized that I didn't need a reason to drink, but I'm really glad that Makai Becton <laughs> gave me one. <laughs> I uh, did realize somebody pointed this out to me the other day on Twitter, I, and I would give you credit, but I can't remember I, I can't remember the name, and I've gotten so many tweets since then that I probably couldn't get back and find it. Somebody pointed out to me that I'm closer to Zach Wilson's mom's age than I am to Zach Wilson's. Mm-hmm. That that ruined a good, solid Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of uh, about a week ago. Uh, old and decrepit. That leads me to talk about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Green Bay Packers obviously don't have uh, their quarterback at OTAs. That's, you know, we weren't really expecting Aaron Rodgers to show up for OTAs. I have literally gotten don't do crime sent to me six times since it came out of my mouth. <laughs> 
I want that on a shirt. T-shirt of the month. Bingo. T-shirt of the month for Don't the Patreon. Yeah. For the Patreon subscribers, you know, if you if you, you, I mean, if you want father, more of us. Right. You want to be a founding father of the sportsocracy, you're going to get great perks like, uh, you know, T-shirts of the month and things like that. So that's, that's going to be sw- one. If you're a founding father, you also get a sweet uh, Asheville beer mug yeah. that has the Asheville City skyline, which is our logo in the sportsocracy. Right. Uh, I've I've found somebody to make those, and they are tremendous. Yeah, well, we I want to have about fifty of them. Yeah, and we, just drink everything. Out of them. We we do have the Patreon set up, so if you'd like to uh, contribute, obviously uh, join us in the sportsocracy community. Uh, you don't have to be a founding father. We got all different levels of of monthly memberships that just help help keep the little dream that we have here alive. Uh, and and over to- Memorial Day weekend, there's going to be a lot of announcements put on Patreon because. Well, we've been busy little beavers, uh-huh. and and we've got some. You're going to be able to win some cool stuff from mm-hmm. the sportsocracy and the sports tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Radio Live three to, three to five every weekday. Yep. So None if you're interested, just uh, search for us on Patreon, or you can uh, you know if you're old school and have to type it out, Patreon.com slash the sportsocracy. It's very easy to find. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I was talking about getting into the Green Bay Packers there, and. Aaron Rodgers isn't showing up for OTAs. We know this. We never and expected it to. I don't care. The reports coming out, though, are that Jordan Love, he looks pretty good in a helmet and shorts. And Who wants you to know that? The Green Bay Packers. <laughs> the, the media was, it was the first time that the media had been invited to the OTAs because they're only doing one practice a week where the media is allowed to come. And for the one media session of OTAs, Five wide receivers did not show up. The five top wide receivers for the uh, Green Bay Packers, which they only have three relevant ones, um, didn't show up for OTAs. And the question has been raised, do you think that was a statement of solidarity for Aaron Rodgers? They were there for the other days of practice, but when the media was there, they didn't show up. No. No. Okay. I just... I hadn't heard that take before, and I thought, would that be a protest move? None of the wide receivers show up for the for the one day the media can come check out Jordan Love. None of the radio or none of the radio, none of the wide receivers showed up because they were tired of Jordan Love airmailing balls ten yards over their head. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe this was a ploy by the coaches of we want people to actually believe that Jordan Love is a real live thing. So don't come to practice tomorrow to show the media that he's not a real boy. That could have been the way to go, too. I mean, the, we've already seen it. We've already seen one team tell their players not to show up. They don't really need to, though. I mean, they already won a Super Bowl. So you don't need any of those guys to show up for OTAs. We didn't do OTAs last year. Did you see that? Bruce Arians mm-hmm. told everybody, you don't need to show up. Because you know they're going to put in the work. You know Tom's going to make sure that they're ready to go. Julio Jones, he's on the trade market. And today, there was a little article on ESPN talking about uh, fictitious trade uh, trade offers for Julio Jones. And I thought it'd just be a good little exercise that we go over them. The Baltimore Ravens offering up a 2022 second rounder and a 22, 2022 fifth rounder 
to go out and get Julio Jones. I think that's what, this, that, that's what it's ultimately going to be. It's going to be a two and something a else. A two and probably. Mm-hmm. The fact that Atlanta put out, and, and I have absolutely no, I, no doubt that it was Atlanta put this out, that they've gotten a, a future first-round pick offered for Julio Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what year was that? 2029? 2023. I mean, it very well could be, mm-hmm. or it could be nobody's offered that, because and that would be, I have not seen one team line up right. to go, yeah, Tennessee basically went, not us. But even that would well, be... Look at us. <laughs> but even that would be... To me, more than you could get for him, and I and or, or more than you could would have hoped to get for him, and I would be down for that. Why not? I think you're going to see a day two pick and a day three, probably in next year's draft, mm-hmm. and I think it happens. I would say by Tuesday of next week. So what they did here was the NFL Nation reporters. They reached out to the reporters, and the reporters are the ones making these fictitious offers. For Julio Jones. Baltimore Ravens, a second and a fifth this year. The New England Patriots <laughs> offering a second rounder in 2022. And Jarrett Stidham. Uh, yeah, Wrong. I, I'm going to pass. No. Don't want a piece of it. Sorry, I don't have any use for Jarrett Stidham. The San Francisco 49ers, 2022 second rounder and a 2023 fourth rounder. How how do you how do you equal that? Does that equal out to you for the like the Baltimore Ravens deal? A twenty twenty two fifth rounder is about equal value to a twenty twenty three fourth rounder. I penalize less for future picks than other people do. A lot of people say you go down a year for every you go down a round for every year. See, that's how I think about and it. And I don't. I don't at all. Draft capital is draft capital is draft capital. Okay, so you're saying a fifth this year is equal to a fifth next year. They're not dead equivalent, but they're pretty close. Okay. I would much rather, so I'll put it this way. I would rather have a two next year than a three this year. Mm -hmm. And a lot of evaluators do not look at that that way. I'm just, I'm big into accumulating draft capital. I'm also a draft guy. Mm -hmm. So for me, I look at it like, you know what? Extra picks, I think I'll be fine. The San Francisco 49ers beat writer offers the 2022 second rounder, the 2023 fourth rounder. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. It'd make a lot of sense to bring Julio Jones into the San Francisco 49ers. I just don't know. Do they feel like they would be in a place to give up more draft capital after the draft capital that they already gave up this year to move up? For a player like that, yes. He obviously will give you a a great chance to win now. So, okay. Tennessee Titans, this was the deal that got offered that I think I would jump on. It's a 2022 third rounder and Rashawn Evans. Rashawn Evans is a pretty good linebacker. Pass. Why? I'll take the picks every t- a hundred times out of a hundred. See, and that's where you and I differ on this thing. Like, because I'm a draft in, guy. In, right. This is where we differ on on the NFL. Because to me, established players are worth more than draft capital. Not to me. Mm-hmm. You have to pay these guys more because they're closer to the end of the rookie deal. True. I will take rookie guy, rookie scale guys every time mm-hmm. because I get to pick who I want. Yeah. And I can, I can understand that. But the chances of being able to find Rashawn Evans in the third round of the next draft, to me, wouldn't... 
It, they don't equal out. I would rather have the guy that I know that can come in and be good, especially when Rashawn Evans is already familiar with how this defense is going to run, with Dean Pease being, being the guy. He was the guy in Tennessee for a year at least. And Rashawn Evans was pretty good underneath him. I would I would go down that path. I would absolutely jump at that deal because, I mean, have you seen Atlanta's linebackers? It's not good. It's Deion Jones and those guys. <laughs> I don't even know who those guys are. Uh, in the in the article, the the Falcons beat writer, I guess, was the one that made the decision and chose the 49ers offer of the two draft picks. And I don't, I don't know. I think I, I would thing go I can only tell in you if is, I were the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, if somebody is legitimately out there offering a one, they're not. I don't care what year it is. They're not. And the bad thing is, the bad thing for Atlanta, and I've said this a bit second time now, I've said this about Atlanta. Okay. The problem of trying to run these negotiations through the media is that when people call your bluff, mm-hmm. you, you have one of two, there's only one of two outlets. You can either basically admit you lied, or you're going to look like a buffoon. I mean, if somebody if somebody offered you a one, you would have taken it. Period. I don't care if it's in twenty three. Right. I don't care if it's in twenty four. You would have taken it. They didn't. You're trying to get somebody to do it, and everybody in the league is going to call your bluff. The one thing I have heard time and time again is yep. it's not going to be the Tennessee Titans. Okay. So now I'm to. I think that's the team it should be. I I don't or one of them anyway. And now I'm to New England. <sighs> Ugh. It's not. I can't. I, I just can't. I'm not going to believe it till I see it. For Julio's sake, I hope it's not New England. I, and he did say he wanted to win, which you're not going to do a lot of in New England. I actually think Julio would change a little bit of that for me. Not me. I think he would. I think he would bump me up about two wins. That's incorrect. On the New England Patriots schedule. There is not year. a player in the NFL that's worth more than one win ever that's not a quarterback you also got to think about how low i was on the new england patriots in our uh in our preseason predictions Mm -hmm. so i mean at least seven wins they'd be okay with seven wins i guess (laughs) you're in the sports tank with jeremy green here on espn Asheville. i believe real estate isn't about properties it's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. It's the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I decided to choke myself right before I opened the microphone, which is never a good idea. Nope. Uh, Lesson for broadcasters everywhere. Uh, Don't do that right before you have to turn on the microphone. Uh, Final moments of the show today. I think we should. uh, I'm I'm going to make you do this. I'm going to make you talk about the one thing that you don't want to talk about to close out a show. 
Baseball. Baseball. We're gonna talk about baseball. Yeah, because uh, I wanted to. I wanted to see if you saw. Of course, you didn't see it. Yesterday, the uh, Chicago White Sox were playing the St. Louis Cardinals, and Joe West was umping, who hit a milestone this week of umpiring the most games of anybody in Major League Baseball history. Well. Yesterday, uh, they were the Cardinals were bringing a guy out uh, uh, out from the bullpen to pitch in the game. He comes out to the mound and he's got a white smear on the front of his cap. Joe West stops the game and confiscates the pitcher's hat because he's afraid of foreign substances that he could rub on the baseball. And then, it's not so much the fact that he did that. Then the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, Mike Schilt, who went to, who coached one, at one point at UNC Asheville, comes out and loses his mind. And in the post-game press conference, he throws out that apparently it is Major League Baseball's dirty little secret that tons of players are using foreign substances and that this was the wrong time to make this stand against foreign substances in the game. Running rampant, cheating all over the place in Major League Baseball, says Mike Schilt. And and Jeremy just has his little face of derision. Don't care, don't care, (laughs) don't care. Good for Mike Schilt for calling out Joe West. I don't care that you've umpired more games than anybody in Major League Baseball. It's not the time to make this stance. We don't care. In fact, he says Major League Baseball doesn't even care, and he doesn't understand why the umps are now shining a light on this. Could be the start of a big push by Major League Baseball 